everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T and of course we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember, new episodes go up every Wednesday night, 8.30pm Mountain Standard Time on the YouTube page. That's the video version, youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Again, that's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. And you want to get subscribed to the YouTube page because that's where I put my extra reviews out i haven't been able to do too many uh recently just because i've been so swamped with work but i'm gonna get back to that very very soon here and i'll be able to finish up the last few episodes here of killer camp and i can get back in the interview with the vampire and uh let the right one in i'm be doing all of that here super super soon also, if you search for T Watches a Scary Movie or Twasm on your favorite podcasting platforms, you can find the audio version. So, find me however you need to now. We're going to jump right into things, though, because, folks, folks, last week was the season finale of season two of Chucky. That's right. Chucky, actually, and we got a full fledged Christmas episode. If you remember, Episode 7 left off that things were, for the most part, finished off for Jake, Devin, Lexi, Alec, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Andy, Kyle, Nika. Basically, uh, as far as they know, they're able to kill the last remaining Chucky. Dr. Mixter escaped away from the Catholic school uh, and... All was kind of really well at that point, except for the fact that Nika ended up shooting Glenn, uh, who was attempting to save Tiffany. So, where was that going to leave us here in our final episode of the season? And we find out that during Dr. Mixter's escape with the final Chucky doll, that Dr. Mixter unfortunately ended up having a body swap with the final Chucky, who took over her body and left Andy to kill the last remaining, as we thought, Chucky doll with Dr. Mixter's soul inside. So Dr. Mixter is gone. We then find out that, hey, Dr. Mixter kept a secret doll stashed in her office, and Chucky proceeded to transfer his soul over into this doll's body, leaving the police to assume that Dr. Mixter died at that point. Now, we knew what was coming. I even said it last week there that with Glenn getting shot, it kind of left it pretty, uh, pretty foregone conclusion that Glenn and Glenda were going to have to end up back in the original doll. I didn't see any other way of getting around that. And that's exactly what ended up happening is that Tiffany ended up having to sneak inside the hospital and using a voodoo ritual, they were able to put Glenn and Glenda's soul back into the original doll. Now, the thing is, is that it was so cool because we find out that Billy Boyd came back to voice Glenn Glinda, known as Gigi now, which is fantastic. That's really cool um, that uh, they've adopted that name there. I think it works. I think Gigi is a great name. And it was very cool to see this doll back in action again after about 20 years or so. Uh, you'll have to help me because, folks, I don't remember the exact date that a seed of Chucky came out. Actually, that might have been like... Oh, oh, four, oh, five, I want to say, but around 20 years since Billy Boy got to do this and got all that Lord of the Rings fame and everything. And, uh, yeah, Billy Boyd is back voicing Gigi and where we didn't know what was going to end up happening at, at this point. We, uh, we find out that Gigi is going to head off to England to learn a little bit more about their origins. And, uh, unfortunately for Tiffany, 
Tiffany's not really invited on this quest for Gigi to find a little bit more out about themselves. So they have a tearful goodbye, but Gigi's off to England and who knows what's gonna happen. I'm so excited uh, because we have to get a season three. We have to get a season three unless we're getting another movie at that point. Um, but I'm excited to see where we could go with Gigi because all of our characters are stateside. All of our characters are stateside. So that means that Gigi has uh, their own adventures going on. And does that mean that Gigi could run afoul of any of our other surviving characters who did not show up in these first two seasons? Who knows? But that's exciting that there's a new path for this character to, to go out with because... The thing is, is that we know Gigi was murderous back when they were in the doll back in Seed of Chucky. You had the two personalities of Glenn and Glinda. One wanted to be a murderer, the other one did it. That was kind of resolved at the end, uh, where you know the, the they were excised from the from the doll, sent it to the two kids that Tiffany as Jennifer Tilly ended up getting. And then here in the TV show, kind of the same thing that uh, the the kids you know the now grown-up kids weren't that interested in murder they had those murderistic tendencies and yes they did murder a few people throughout the show but it was all kind of seen as a way of protecting other people none of these murders were really villainous murders like some of them were in seed of chucky so i'm very intrigued to see what does that mean for Gigi. is this going to be a hero character um somebody who could rise up against chucky because remember Throughout this season and their interactions, Chucky has still been telling Gigi that it's in your nature, it's in your blood, but Chucky has also vowed revenge as well, too. So no clue where we're going with this. I have no idea at all where we go with Gigi, but I'm excited to see where this character is going and a quite tearful goodbye because it just seems that for the life of her, Tiffany just can't keep anybody around with her. And that's sad to say. That's incredibly, incredibly sad to say there. Meanwhile, Jake and Lexi decided to go ahead and get into group therapy um, as a way of kind of working, uh, at least for Lexi, working out her drug addiction that she's had over the course of this season from everything that's happened in season one. And Jake, you know, obviously needs a bit of it too from his grief dealing with Gary's death and all the depth that's around them. Now, Jake and Devin have been so strained this season that uh, Lexi wanted to be with her friends and reconnect, as well as hopefully give them a chance for Jake and Devin to reconnect, invites them both over to celebrate Christmas with them and her mom, Major Cross. And a lot of relationships end up getting mended here. Uh, Jake and Devin are finally forced to confront each other of the fact that They've been dealing with so much bullshit over the course of this season that they've really been avoiding each other and not really uh, not really engaging the way that they want. You know, Devin gets Jake a present. Jake goes and buy a, buys a podcasting present for Devin that, you know, Devin hasn't really been interested in that in quite a while. And it forces the two of them to kind of, uh, kind of face that ugliness that they've been refusing to do uh, over the course of this season. And finally, finally, finally make amends, which is great to see because let me tell y'all, the evolution of this relationship, not just between Jake and Devin, but between Jake, Devin, and Lexi has been so damn, just, just fantastic seeing these kids grow up, and especially Lexi. Lexi becoming this this amazing, amazing person from like the, you know, the bitch bully she was presented as at the beginning of season one. I just love seeing the evolution of these three, and I, I really do hope there's more adventures for these three to come as well, too. 
Um, and Lexi even went on to make up with her mom, Major uh, Mayor Cross, who uh, there's obviously some strains there too, as she's pretty much blocked out that the thing with Chucky actually happened. And her and Lexi were able to find some uh, some common ground together and kind of mend a lot of those fences that the two of those had broken as well too. Unfortunately, all of that was very, very short-lived as everybody was all meeting up here at the Cross House as Chucky arrives at the house and so does Tiffany who's looking for the Bell doll that we saw at the beginning of the season. If you recall, we saw that Lexi's sister, Caroline, actually had a Bell doll that we knew was the uh, the doll that Tiffany uses to, you know, put her body in back in Bride of Chucky and subsequent, you know, times she's uh, transferred her soul over. But when Jennifer Tilly killed herself in the Bell doll body a couple episodes ago, it left her in a bad spot. So she had to get this last doll, or at least one of the last dolls here, from Caroline. And she shows up, but in glorious Chucky fashion, Chucky murders the last surviving parent of our three heroes by gruesomely cutting the shit out of Mayor Cross with the world's most silent chainsaw. It was an amazing kill. It's so sad to see Mayor Cross go because that means now all the parents have officially gone. Uh, the thing that Chucky was not able to do, because remember, Andy's mom, Karen, Karen Barclay, is still out there right now. So Chucky was able to kill all three of these kids' parents, and that's just sad, especially right around the holidays. Right around, but then the tables get turned because Lexi catches Chucky in the act of doing it, and when Chucky pleads for Tiffany to save him, uh, Tiffany declines it because obviously the two of them have a very, very strained relationship with Chucky wanting to kill her too, and Lexi kills the last Chucky doll. But we find out as they go on to go to kill Tiffany, because remember, it's not over yet. Just because Tiffany's not trying to kill them doesn't mean they can let things slide. The kids go to kill Tiffany, but Caroline, who has been getting talked to by Chucky apparently for a long, long time, decides that Tiffany is her real mother and absconds with Tiffany, leaving Jake, Devin, and Lexi with Mayor Cross's body, a Chucky doll, and trying to figure an explanation about what's going on. Now, thankfully for them, Jennifer Tilly was still at large, so when the cops show up, they're able to blame all the murders on Jennifer Tilly showing up at that point. And Miss Fairchild, their teacher from season one, returns, who believes their stories about Chucky and decides that she's gonna take him in. So I would have to imagine the next season is going to deal with Jake, Levin, uh, Jake, Devin, and Lexi and Miss Fairchild going off in search of Caroline and Tiffany to get this all wrapped up. We skip ahead a few weeks later where Tiffany and Caroline are in New York and we find out that Nika is watching Tiffany because Nika wants revenge. Again, she lost her limbs to her and she almost killed her. Nika clearly wants revenge, but as Tiffany attempts to transfer her soul into the Bell doll, we find out finally what the Bell doll was. It was Chucky in makeup in a wig the whole season. So when this doll got introduced at the beginning of the season, we knew something was up. 
Caroline was especially close to that doll for some reason. And while we all thought it might have been trauma, it turns out it was Chucky in the skies, who we know have been poisoning Caroline's mind the entire season. And we are left off with Chucky attacking Tiffany. We don't know if Tiffany's dead, but we do know that that was Chucky and Chucky's attacking her. So what a great way, what a fantastic way uh, to end this season and leaving us in so many places because none of these storylines are really resolved at this point. There is still a Chucky out there. We don't know if Tiffany's dead or if Tiffany, you know, was just maimed by Chucky. Maybe she got the same fate that Nika got as well. Two, Caroline is missing. Our three heroes are with Miss Fairchild and probably in search of Caroline now. And Gigi is over in England. We have so many plot threads and we don't have a renewal yet. Let's get that renewal, USA. You're not dumb. We know what's up. Give us season three. Let's hear it. I didn't hear fall finale for no reason now. Let's get that announcement. Okay, tonight we are talking Terrifier 2. So, uh, this has been uh, one y'all been bugging me about for quite some time at this point there. Uh, because Terrifier 2 has just been on a roll. On a $250,000 budget, this movie has made over $11 million. It is a hit amongst hits. It is what horror needs to be. And like it or hate it, because here's the thing, doesn't really matter, uh, in my opinion, doesn't really matter your opinion on this film, honestly. Uh, realistically, you need to give these people their due, okay? Uh, uh, Damien Leone is absolutely the man with a plan here the fact that this film has done what it's been able to do these last few months is nothing short of just a just a huge success and it further proves the fact that horror in the pandemic and in the post pandemic is back it's on a roll and i say back because Honestly, you know, horror box offices have been hit or miss. And especially a film like this that um, it, it's to the extreme, honestly. It's, it's very much to the extreme. Uh, this is like, uh, like the horror that people are always worried about here. A lot of people are extremely, extremely worried that horror looks all like this to where it's bloody, it's gory, it's just over the top. And this is exactly what terrifier 2 terrifier 1 was for sure that uh that that saw kill oh man that's a that's an old timer right there but terrifier 2 ups this ante like crazy and it is just absolutely a huge success that we should all be proud of i'm just so happy to see this being done so let's jump into the story here if you saw terrifier one you saw the uh, miles county massacre uh art the clown going around and following these uh these two girls and uh one of the girl's younger sister that shows up to help them out of a bind and all of them suffer at the hands of art the clown uh and here's the thing the end of that film, which I, I kind of have to spoil, but that's I, I kind of feel this is an okay exception to the 10-year rule. I'm not going to spoil the end of Terrifier 2, but I have to kind of spoil the end of the first Terrifier because this movie, uh, these movies are like a love letter to the horror films of old, okay? I'm talking like the extreme, bloody, the uh, the mutilator, and... Uh, 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 and um, 
and House on Sorority Row and things like that from back in the day where it was really just about the killer, you know? Um, it, it's a love letter to those films of the 70s and the 80s. And so the what's the spoiler going to be, honestly, okay? There's not really that big of a spoiler in this here. But the original Terrifier ends with our, uh, our antagonist, our killer, Art the Clown, uh, killing himself by, you know, eating a pistol and uh, shooting himself. And that's the end of it before the police can actually apprehend him. And what happens there is that Art the Clown re, uh, reanimates inside the body bag and goes to uh, goes to kill the metal, medical examiner that's investigating him. And that's the end of the original Terrifier film. Terrifier 2 picks up right after that to where Art the Clown murders the uh, the coroner that's investigating him and then goes to uh, goes to the laundromat to clean his uh, blood-soaked garments in a hilarious, hilarious scene. And he encounters the little pale girl who is a, uh, a, a, a sinister entity who's dressed very similar to him in clown attire and is kind of giving him uh, encouragement and insight on what he's doing so story-wise here uh and it's interesting because again i don't I, I couldn't tell you much about all hollows eve one and two honestly i watched them but i don't really remember the art the clown segments and so watching the first terrifier that's a very much a non-supernatural kind of outing at that point you know this guy looks like he's just a deranged killer who's going around and hunting people and unfortunately the people that run afoul of him end up getting murdered pretty gruesomely and he's not choosy he kills anybody that basically comes along his way and he decides that he doesn't want them there and that still seems to be the case here in terrifier 2 as well but the difference here is that there's definitely more of a supernatural approach with it because obviously art the clown gets brought back from absolute death at that so we already know he's supernatural and now that he's seeing visions of an inspiration a kindred spirit whatever you want to call it at that point there we know that things are taken a little bit further than what they were in the original movie as well and our story this time focuses on siblings sienna and jonathan shaw who um you know, their father had an obsession with uh, serial killers and Art the Clown specifically, and they've been discovering sketches of not only Art, but the victims that uh, Art the Clown uh, killed in the first film in their fought late father's sketchbook. And even Sienna's having these nightmares of Art the Clown and being a victim in his world as well, too. And that part of this costume that she's designing for this Halloween party, that this sword that was a gift to her from her father is somehow going to be important at some point in this movie. You know it will be. It's clearly a MacGuffin at that point. And from there, the movie just descends into batshit insanity. Uh, they talk a little bit about some of the events of the first film, including uh, one of our protagonists, uh, how they ended up becoming kind of a villain by the uh, by the end of that film. We're going to talk about who, because again, you can watch the movie and find that out yourself there. But one of our protagonists in the first film ended up basically becoming a villain. They were driven crazy by the end of that first film. And uh, our, our main protagonist, Sienna, played by Lauren Levera, uh, her and her friends discussing what happened with these people a year prior and this is where art basically shows up and starts to transfix himself onto sienna and her group of 
friends as he systematically goes around killing all of her friends and uh, even her family members throughout Halloween night. And that was something that added a lot of charm to this movie, I thought as well too, is that it's actually a Halloween movie about killing because, you know, we say when the Halloween season comes around, that's when we're going to watch things like our Freddy's, our Jason's, our Chucky's. But outside of the Halloween series, how many of these movies actually take place during Halloween? Isn't there something inherently scarier about a killer actually killing people on Halloween? Because you would actually think by reverse logic, that is the safest night in the world at that point there. Because everybody's killing on Halloween, right? So why would you actually be a killer on Halloween? You're likely to get caught. You're likely to get in a lot more trouble if you're doing all this on Halloween, right? So, it does make a lot of sense that uh, not too many movies actually take place on Halloween night or even around Halloween. So, it was actually nice. It actually added some charm, I felt, to the movie. The fact that this is taking place, both of them really, are taking place on Halloween itself. I like that actually quite a bit. And... It's interesting because the character of the pale, of the little pale girl that uh, you know is clearly with Art, whether it's this demon that's resurrected him or a witch of some kind or whatever, we don't know what she is at that point. Although it's alluded to that she's a former victim of Art's, um, there's only certain characters that have the ability to see her, so that adds this shroud of mystery around Art, uh, Art himself. And I, I do find that interesting because the character, uh, the character themselves, is not that interesting in the first film and that's not a knock that's not a knock against it at all there but the character themselves is not that interesting a lot of the characters in that first film really aren't that interesting and again that's okay because that's not really in my opinion why you're watching that movie you're watching it to see some out of the world absolutely insane kills and that's still the case in this one but they i feel they do a much better job building up our victims in this film building up the the people who are getting hunted down by art the clown and that makes it for a much more engaging story it's 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 not a wonder why this is getting so many good reviews and why this has such a great reception coming to it is because the character work here is a lot better think of um you know think of how uh, like friday the 13th is a terrible a terrible comparison and the problem is that you know i always go to the name brands i always go to the name brands with it but I guess it really would be a comparison of think of Friday the 13th and then move forward to literally any other franchise to where the characters actually have some work put into it. That's kind of how it changes from Terrifier 1 to Terrifier 2. Still both really good films, but the second is clearly superior because along with the absolutely insane, insane kills we get, and there's a lot of them, a lot of fun new weapons that get used, a lot of fun gruesome ways that art is taking folks out, and a lot of very over-the-top brutal torturous kills in this as well but i do feel though that uh that they added a lot of really good character work which really helps to make up and balance everything that's going on like it's kind of like it's not like it's justifi justification or it's not like it's a reasoning for everything that's going on but it does strike that great balance to things to make you more invested into watching the film because i gotta understand folks who see like the first few kills of this movie and just decide i'm out at this point like there's nothing in there for me but i do feel if you then allow yourself to see that the characters are being built and there's this world that's clearly coming up here for art the clown um it's very obviously 
very, very obviously uh, building to something bigger that's going on. And the movie definitely ends setting up for a further sequel, which again is very, very awesome to see because again, this is the little train engine that could and I'm, I'm excited to see where this thing goes. And it's kind of weird because I'm gonna be honest, I, I've watched it, you know, three times at this point now, and I found myself, uh, I originally was saying like, ah, I don't really know about it. Like, I don't hate it, and I respect the shit out of it for what it's done for the horror community, but it's not really for me. And now that uh, I've seen it three times and I'm thinking about it, I was like, damn, this movie is actually, <laughs> actually a lot better than I really was trying to give it credit for. And that's on me for not realizing those things. Sometimes you have to actually speak it out. Sometimes you have to actually say it to actually form those opinions. And Terrifier 2... Uh, upon like multiple viewings actually ends up being a lot better than the sum of its parts honestly it's better than the kills that you think that you're seeing here on screen and it's absolutely worth catching as well too um again we're setting up very obviously i feel here for a third film i think that's going to be pretty cool if we get it there uh this movie was huge so i mean we're going to assume that we're going to go ahead and get a third film out of this, but I don't want to, uh, I don't obviously want to count chickens before they hatch, but it's already on video on demand. It came, came out back on November 11th and the, uh, physical release is set to come out here at the end of December. So support it, pick it up because folks, this movie is absolutely worth it. And we absolutely want to see terrifier three. I know that, um, Again, our creator, Damien Leone, uh, has uh, has absolutely confirmed that we're getting a third one as well. Uh, David Howard Thornton, who plays uh, Art the Clown, he's confirmed it as well, too. So we know that we're going to get a third film. And as long as this uh, as long as this money keeps coming in for it there, folks, we could see a uh, fourth, a fifth, or even more films coming out there, y'all. This has a chance to be the next big franchise for us, and we need that in horror. That's what y'all been wanting. Let's do it. Let's support a new icon coming out. So check it out, Terrifier 2. Hey everybody, I appreciate you checking out this video, whether it was a review, whether it was a new episode, whether it was an unboxing, an interview, or whatever else. I want to remind you, you can check out my separate reviews also on my YouTube page, and new full episodes go up every Wednesday night on YouTube at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and on your favorite podcasting platforms at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, like, and share. My name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared. Thank <laughs> you.